With the D-backs already perfecting the small ball offense and possessing elite team speed, should they go all in on power this offseason? You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com to see all of my latest work. I've been hosting this podcast since 2020, and now the D-backs are on the precipice of one of their biggest off-seasons ever, coming off a World Series appearance. And on today's podcast, we'll be talking about if the D-backs should go all-in on power this off-season, some power sluggers who won't break the bank that they should target. So we got a whole lot to discuss about from the power department. But I first want to say... Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to the, I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. Now, I'm still not in Arizona, still in Cliff Kingsbury's house. If you're watching this on YouTube, of course, I'm not actually at KK's house. I'm in my home in New Jersey, but I got the virtual background on. I think I'm going to do the virtual background moving forward, unless you guys love looking at my blank beige wall in the background. But the virtual background, kind of fun, kind of clean. Might do it going forward. And I want to start off this show by talking about the D-backs and whether or not they should target power bats this offseason of course they should target power bats this offseason but do the d-backs need to go all in on adding power bats this offseason is that the biggest thing that they need to add to this team of course you still need pieces in the rotation pieces in the bullpen but from a lineup offensive perspective is power the biggest need in the lineup right now because we know this d-backs team from last season was not the best from a power perspective, right? This D-backs team could do a lot of things from the speed to the small ball to the creating chaos, but from a power standpoint, they were not elite in that department. In the National League, they were 10th in home runs last season, 8th in slugging percentage, 9th in slugging percentage with runners in scoring position, and bottom third, bottom third in slugging percentage against both righties and lefties. So no matter how you slice it up, this D-backs team last season struggled from a power perspective, and the addition of a Eugenio Suarez will help. Suarez is a guy, back in 2019, we saw him clobber 49 long balls. We've seen him first couple of years in Seattle, 30-plus home runs. Now, he is, he is coming off a little bit of a power dip, but I still believe Suarez is someone that could bounce back and still has 30 plus home run potential in his tool bag. Then you combine that with a Carroll Walker and Ketel Marte who all had at least 24 home runs with Walker going over 30 home runs. Like that's some decent power now in the, in the middle of your lineup, Carroll Walker, Marte Suarez. That's four guys with 25 plus home run potential. 
But the D-backs potentially are losing a guy like Lourdes Gurriel, who had 24 lot who had 24 home runs last season, currently a free agent, so the D-backs could always bring him back. But as it currently stands with his D-backs team, all they've done is swap out Lords Goriel's power for Eugenio Suarez's power. So unless the D-backs add more power bats this offseason, they're just going to end up in the same place statistically from a power standpoint next year if they don't do any more additions. So my question for my listeners is, do the D-backs have enough players with bat-to-ball skills, enough players that you trust that can get on base currently, that makes it a smart investment to go all out and all in on power guys this offseason because I do. I think the D-backs have enough guys with good contact skills where maybe they should go after a couple more dudes who are a little bit feast or famine with the home run ball because this D-backs team already arguably the arguably the best team last season when it comes to playing small ball, right? They knew how to manufacture runs when they needed it most. They were great at moving guys over. Guys like Geraldo Perdomo led the league in sacrifice hits. Like They were great at that, laying down a bunt, moving a guy over from second to third, and then bring him home with maybe another sacrifice fly. D-backs elite at the extra base taken. D-backs elite at the run scoring percentage. Like Anything related to base running, the D-backs were elite at last season, and with the dudes that they had on their roster, a lot of high average dudes, a lot of dudes with good contact skills, that's how the D-backs were able to score all their runs, or a lot of their runs last season, by sequencing hits together, string together hits, and just putting up crooked numbers the old-fashioned way, not with the long ball, not with one swing of the bat, but multiple swings of the bat. And I want to know, would it be even better for the D-backs to actually have some added power in their lap to complement that small ball? Because imagine if you still had your Perdomos of the world, right? Still laying down those sacrifice hits and coming through with runners in scoring position. Then you also had your Gabriel Moreno. He's still coming through with the big doubles in your lineup to bring home the Carols and the Thomases of the world who are still off the races, still using that speed to get on base, still using that speed to steal bases. You still got all your small ball components that was the foundation for your offense this past year. You're still doing all the fundamentals from that. But then you can also complement your lineup. Maybe your four through seven of your lineup is loaded with power hitters, right? Maybe now you have Christian Walker still in that cleanup spot. But then you got Eugenio Suarez, number five. Maybe you got like a Jorge Soler or J.D. Martinez, number six. Or maybe you have both of them, six and seven. Like, imagine you had that speed of McCarthy, Carroll, Thomas, with the contact skills of like the Ketel Martes and the Gabriel Morenos, complemented by the, the Suarez's and the J.D. Martinez and the Soler's of the world to give you that much-needed power that this D-back slump has been missing. That will complement this offense perfectly the d-backs have dudes that can hit for average and get on base but they don't have enough dudes that can hit for power and if the the domos and the thomases and the mccarthy's of the world get more consistent with their ball to bat skills if we get the mccarthy from a couple years ago like think about how dangerous this lineup can be then if you add more power bats to complement those speedsters that you have at the top of your lineup this d-backs team i would love their offense to kill opposing teams 
in multiple ways. They were able to do it with the small ball and the steals all of 2023. But let's see them add some much needed. Uh, let's see them add that power punch that we really didn't get from the offense this past season. You can still use your small ball. If it's a low-scoring game, the ball isn't flying out the yard, and you want to manufacture a run, you can still use your small ball to do that. Or maybe it's a low-scoring game, small ball isn't working, and then all of a sudden you get a single, you get a walk, and then a, a Suarez or a Walker comes up and then crushes that home run for you. Or maybe Solaire comes up and crushes a three-run home run to cap off the inning. Whether it's small ball or the long ball, the D-backs could potentially have multiple ways to skin a cat, which is what I want to see. I want more versatility from this D-backs offense. It was already versatile last year, but adding a power component to the speed that you already possess would be a dangerous combination for opposing teams. And when you look at this D-backs playoff run, like some of the opponents that they face, big power profile teams, right? The Dodgers and Phillies, two and three respectively in the National League in home runs. The Texas Rangers were second in the American League in home runs. The D-backs took out that number two and number three in the National League in home runs with their small ball offense. Their small ball offense came to a halt in that Texas Rangers series, but they were still able to get their run scoring opportunities. They just weren't coming through in those opportunities a lot of times. So the D-backs offense was already matching some of those power profile teams. Imagine what this D-backs offense would look like if they had a person in their lineup that opposing teams feared that could change the game with one swing of the bat. Like this D-backs team had guys like Carroll and Marte that scared you, but not necessarily from you know, the home run perspective, not necessarily from a, a, a standpoint that one swing of the bat from those guys, you could put three, four runs on the board. I want someone like a Kyle Schwarber or a Dallas Garcia where when those guys come up to the plate, when you're on the other side of a team, when you're the D-backs fan seeing Schwarber or Garcia come up to the plate, you're scared every time that they swing the bat. That ball is going to leave the yard. And I would like to add a couple of dudes like that to the lineup that when they come up to the plate, you're scared if you're the opposing team that they're going to crush the ball. And there's a couple players that I have my eye on that I would like to discuss in the next couple segments that I, that I think won't break the, the bank for the D-backs. I think won't cost too much. But the D-backs, we all know they can do the small ball, but now I would love for them to add the long ball to their tool belt this offseason. And we'll talk about some guys that I think can help do that and not break the bank in segment number two and number three. But if you believe the D-backs have a chance of going back to the World Series in 2024, then why not place a little futures bet on FanDuel Sportsbook? Because score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And my favorite thing to do on FanDuel is the same-game parlay. Whenever the Lakers are playing, I take LeBron over on points. I take D'Lo over on threes, and I take the Lakers' money line. Doesn't always hit, but when it does, I feel very good seeing money enter my bank account. So visit FanDuel.com lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you love the show, please follow me on Twitter at careertimes 24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Diamondbacks both Twitter and Instagram for the show handle. But now let's talk about some power profile guys who I think could be great additions to this D-backs team without breaking the bank because, of course, we all care about money, and I know Ken Kendrick cares about not breaking the bank as well. He would love to add some talent this offseason, but he's never going to overpay for talent unless your name is Zach Greinke. Now, the first guy I want to discuss is a little dude who we just saw for the Miami Marlins have himself a fantastic season Jorge Soler coming off a monster campaign where he had a 128 OPS plus 36 home runs and he would just monster from a power standpoint in May 982 OPS with 12 home runs and August 913 OPS with 10, with 10 home runs as well 12 home runs in May 10 home runs in August uh, just phenomenal at carrying the lineup for certain stretches this past season for the Marlins like when Solaire is hot from a power standpoint he can carry an offense for a month plus we saw him do it for Miami but he's also a dude that has struggled with consistency throughout his time in the major leagues he's kind of been a feast or famine player at times where there's seasons where he hits 50 home runs then there's season where he hits like 20 home runs and strikes out a ton so which Jorge Soler you're going to get is always a question, but at 6'4", 235, this is a man with insane power potential, and I think he would be a nice little addition to this D-backs outfield slash DH. You could platoon him with um, your Jake McCarthy's, your Alec Thomas's the world because he's a right-handed bat, and those two are lefties, of course, and Jorge Soler is someone that has he absolutely crushed lefties last year against righties he wasn't awful 788 OPS against righties last year but against lefties in 62 games he had a 277 average and a 1080 OPS absolutely crushed lefties and he was both good at home and on the road last season which I always think is important to see what your splits are like at home and and on the road if you're a free agent because if you only crush it at home well, guess what? If you're a free agent, you're switching teams, you're not going to be in that ballpark anymore. So I do like to look at the home road splits a lot of times for guys. The runners in scoring position, he wasn't exactly elite. 236 average runners in scoring position, but not a, but a 835 OPS, 488 slugging, which is really what we care about. We care about that slugging percentage or runners in scoring position. And that was a 488 this past season. Jorge Soler turned down a $9 million player option to enter free agency. So I'm guessing he wants a little bit more money. But even if it's like 12, 13 a year over two or three years, I don't think that would be a crazy amount of money. So Jorge Soler is definitely someone I would have my eye on if I'm the D-backs front office. Next up, I got Reese Hoskins, who I think is a pretty interesting player as well. He's coming off. A season where he didn't play because he tore his ACL in spring training entering the 2023 season. And he was coming off a pretty solid year um, in 2022. Wasn't phenomenal, but still 30 home runs, near 800 OPS. And Reese Hoskins is definitely someone that has a pretty good home run profile because 
30 home runs 2022, 27 home runs 2021, 29 home runs 2019, 34 2018. Like, this is someone that has consistently put up pretty good power numbers um, throughout the course of his career. And so he's someone that I would be interested the D-backs adding as a potential power bat this offseason. Now, does he play first base? Does he play a little corner outfield? Yes, he does. He's a versatile defender. I don't know if he's elite at any defensive position, but at least you could throw him out there in the outfield if you want to do a little platoon situation as a righty. Or you could put him out there at first base probably don't want to with Christian Walker probably never going to put him at first base unless you really want to give Christian Walker a day off uh, a day off which he rarely needs but DH or occasional outfielder would be perfect for Reese Hoskins he's coming off the torn ACL so potentially won't cost that much you could maybe get him on a one-year prove it deal and then sign him to a longer-term deal after that 2022 his splits wasn't great against right-handed pitching as a right-handed bat, which I think is okay. 743 OPS, 430 slugging against righties. That's fine. But against lefties, crushed it. 945 OPS, 558 slugging against lefties in 2022. His numbers are running with runners in scoring position in 2022. 292 average, 525 slugging, which is like all I care about. So I think Reese Hoskins is another guy who potentially won't break the bank because he's coming off a season where he did not play at all. And 2022, if you look at the numbers, kind of a little bit of a down season for Hoskins compared to the past couple years. So I think when you think about the, the 2022 decline plus the torn ACL, Hoskins could be a guy that needs a one-year prove a deal to make more money in the 2024 offseason. Then the last guy that I'm going to discuss in segment number two before I give you three more names in segment number three is, again, we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast, former D-back already, J.D. Martinez, of course, will have to just be a D.H. if he's signed by the D-backs. He cannot play the field defensively, even in his prime, even when he was like 27 years old, could never play outfield defensively, was never good at it. But I don't need him to be good at it because he is an elite offensive machine against righties this past year. 880 OPS, 568 slugging against lefties, 581 slugging, 925 OPS. JD Martinez is someone that crushes both righties and lefties as a right-handed power bat. It does not matter for JD Martinez. This man is a stud at home for the Dodgers, 864 OPS. On the road, 919 OPS. JD Martinez is a monster offensively with runners in scoring position. 325 average, 1025 OPS with runners in scoring position this past season. He is like very high on my list of free agents that I want to add. And I do not care that he doesn't play the field. I think his offense is just different compared to most other free agents, despite his defensive limitations. And at Chase Field this past year, 400 average, 1189 OPS in four games at Chase Field this past season. He crushed it at Chase Field this past year. I would love J.D. Martinez to once again come back to the desert and finish what he started just a few years ago. Now we'll talk about three more names that I think could be great additions to this D-backs lineup as a power slugger that won't break the bank. But first... 
Welcome back into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. And don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, let's get back into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Let's discuss a few more sluggers that I think would be great additions to this D-backs team from a power standpoint. The first guy that I want to discuss is a little Adam Duvall, who didn't play a ton this past season because he dealt with some injuries this past year, was was limited to just how many games? Just 92 games this past year, but... Even with that being said, he was a monster from a power standpoint with the Boston Red Sox and really was really good for them whenever he did play. Over 800 OPS, 21 home runs in just 92 games. That's been like Adam Duvall's calling card. He's actually kind of solid defensively as well. Last year, 2022... Not this past year, but the year before with Atlanta, 2022, weird season, did not look good with Atlanta, 86 games, only 12 home runs. We thought maybe Duvall was going in the gutter from a career standpoint. We thought maybe the decline was starting for him from a power standpoint. Then just had himself a major bounce back season with Boston this past season where you're like, yeah, if he stays healthy for a course of a full season, like he might have had himself a major payday this past, he may he might have had himself a major payday this offseason if he was able to stay healthy for 162 and had like 40 home runs, but he didn't. And so because of that, because of the injuries and not playing a full year, I think he could be slightly more discounted than what he would have costed if he did play himself a full season. Power good, defense solid. I would love an Adam Duvall. If you could get 150 games from him, he can hit 40 home runs because Back in 2021, he played 146 games, 38 home runs, and led the National League with RBIs 113. Definitely a flawed player, but I think he's just like another Suarez type where, yeah, maybe he's a little bit feast or famine. I don't think he strikes out. I mean, he does have pretty decent strikeout numbers, 110 strikeouts in 92 games last season, 31% strikeout rate. I mean, he has been above 30% strikeout rate the last three seasons. So I do think he's very Suarez-esque, a lot of strikeouts, but a lot of power as well. And both of them are solid defensively. So I think if you're going to add another Suarez-type player into the lineup, I wouldn't mind that at all if that player is Adam Duvall because I do think he has pretty good upside as an offensive weapon, better against righties than lefties as a lefty bat, which I wouldn't mind at all. The D-backs could use a little bit more lefty power with the addition of uh, a Eugenio Suarez. So if the D-backs want to even out their power situation a little bit and go with a lefty, or excuse me, I don't know why I thought Adam Duvall was a lefty this whole time. He's a righty power bat. Um, I just, I guess I looked at the the splits against righties and lefties and assumed Duvall was a lefty. In my head, he is a lefty, but Duvall's actually a righty that played better against righties as well. So even if he's not a lefty, if he's a dude that does better against righties, that like that's something that could help this D-backs lineup that is very right-handed power oriented already. Got your walkers, 
Gary Suarez is now. Like, there's a lot of righties from a power perspective already on this D-backs team that's going to crush lefty pitching. So even though Duvall's also another righty bat, the fact that he does good against righties, I think, is a positive for Adam Duvall. Would not mind adding him at all to this lineup. His numbers are runners in scoring position. Not elite, but 517 slugging runners in scoring position which is the main number that we care about today. So Duvall, another dude with a lot of power, would love for the D-backs to potentially target him this offseason. How about a guy that already played for the D-backs this past season? Lord Gurriel. He's still someone that has pretty good power numbers. He's not a monster from a power standpoint, but 24 home runs in 145 games this past season. Numbers were pretty similar against both righties and lefties, which I like to see, of course, better against the lefties. But still, Lords Guriel, someone pretty solid against both sides of the plate. And with runners in scoring position, 539 slugging this past season for the D-backs. Like, that's a guy the D-backs need to keep. He might be a little bit more pricey considering his age coming off a World Series appearance. Pretty good postseason run. I think Lords Guriel also had himself a little bit uh, not a career year, but a pretty good year by his career standard. So I think Lord Guerrero potentially could be worth more than a Jorge Soler, who's a little bit older. But even if that's the case, a Lord Guerrero for 12 to 15 million a year for like two to three years, like I'm in on all these guys for 10 to 13, 14 million. If it's like a three year deal or less, I think you could get all these guys I'm naming today for around that price range, low teens. For two to three years, a lot of these guys are a little bit older. When you look at the J.D. Martinez's and the Solaire's and the Duvall's, all those guys are in their early to mid-30s. And so these players are not super young, so I don't think you have to give them seven-year long-term lucrative deals. That's why I think a guy like Lords Guriel could be slightly more expensive just because he's a little bit longer or excuse me, a little bit younger, but I don't mind overpaying for dudes, as I always say, if it's a shorter-term deal. I think Lords Guriel, with the, the spunk and the energy he brought to the D-backs this past season, he would be a great addition to bring back. Then the last guy that I love as a target from a power standpoint is Justin Turner, who the D-backs have already been potentially linked to. 800 OPS last season on the year, and against lefties, he crushed it. He had a 900 OPS against lefties last year. 528 slugging. Was not good against righties last season, but I still don't think he's at the point of his career where he should be a slugging, uh, where he should be a, a platoon guy. And he actually wasn't bad against righties. I mean, 273 average, 766 OPS. Like, it wasn't bad against righties. It just looks like a stark difference when you compare his numbers to what he did against lefties. Just major damage against lefties, but definitely hold his own against righties as well. And Justin Turner is someone that has already played in the NLS for a very long time. I would love to bring him in at just a former Los Angeles Dodgers just to have that mental edge over the Dodgers, get someone in the clubhouse who knows the ins and outs of the Dodgers. And of course, Justin Turner crushed runners in scoring position last year. 338 average, 943 OPS runners in scoring position last season. So I think Justin Turner could just be a perfect addition as a DH and maybe, you know, get third base opportunities every now and then when you want to give Suarez a day off. But 
Justin Turner is also someone that we've seen crush it at Chase Field for his career. Turner, 309 average, 912 OPS in 73 games at Chase Field in his career. So he has crushed the D-backs throughout his time in Major League Baseball. And bring him in the building to help the D-backs crush the LA Dodgers would bring such a smile to my face. So I think those could be some really good power sluggers that the D-backs should target that won't break the bank. And I'll recap it for you real quick. Jorge Solar, Reese Hoskins, J.D. Martinez, Adam Duvall, Lourdes Gurriel, and Justin Turner. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news covered in Insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.